Chapter Three, Part Two of On the Trail, an outdoor book for girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mickey Lee Rich. On the Trail, an outdoor book for girls by Lena Bird. Chapter Three Camping, Part Two The Campfire. The outdoor fire in camp bespeaks cheer, comfort, and possibilities for a hot dinner, all of which the camper appreciates. How to build a fire Choose an open space, if possible, for your fire. Beware of having it under tree branches, too near a tent, or in any other place that might prove dangerous. Start your fire with the tender nearest at hand. Dry leaves, ferns, twigs, cones, birch bark, or pine knot slivers. As the tender begins to burn, add kindling wood of larger size, always remembering that the air must circulate under and upward through the kindling. No fire can live without air any more than you can live without breathing. Smother a person and he will die. Smother a fire and it will die. Soft woods are best to use after lighting the tender. They ignite easily and burn quickly, such as pine, spruce, alder, birch, soft maple, balsam fir, and others. When the kindling is blazing, put on still heavier wood until you have a good, steady fire. Hard wood is better than soft when the fire is well going. It burns longer and can usually be depended upon for a reliable fire, not sending out sparks or sputtering as do many of the soft woods, but burning well and giving a fine bed of hot coals. The tree belonging exclusively to America, and which is the best of the hardwoods, comes first on the hardwood list. This is hickory, pecan, chestnut oak, black birch, basket oaks, white birch, maple, dogwood, beech, red and yellow birch, ash, and applewood, when obtainable, are excellent. Cook fire. Make the cook fire small and hot. Then you can work over it in comfort and not scorch both hands and face when trying to get near enough to cook, as would be the case if the fire were large. When in a hurry, use dry bark as wood for cook fire. Hemlock, pine, hickory, and other bark make a hot fire in a short time, and water will boil quickly over a bark fire. Log Cabin Fire Start this fire with two good-sized short sticks or logs. Place them about one foot apart, parallel to each other. At each end, across these, lay two smaller sticks, and in the hollow square formed by the four sticks, put the tender of cones, birch bark, or dry leaves. Across the two upper sticks and over the tender, make a grate, by lying slender kindling sticks across from and resting on top of the two upper large sticks. Over the grate, at right angles to the sticks forming it, place more sticks of larger size. Continue in this way, building the log cabin fire until the structure is one foot or so high, each layer being placed at right angles to the one beneath it. The fire must be lighted from beneath in the pile of tender. I learned this method when on the Pacific Slope. The fire burns quickly, and the log cabin plan is a good one to follow when heating the bean hole, as the fire can be built over the hole, and in burning the red-hot coals will fall down into it, or the fire can be built directly in the hole. Both ways are used by campers. Fire in the rain. 
to build a fire in the rain with no dry wood in sight seems a difficult problem but keep cheerful hum your favorite tune and look for a pine knot or birch bark and an old dead stump or log in the center of the dead wood you will find dry wood dig it out and after starting the fire with either birch bark or pine knot use the dry wood as kindling when it begins to burn add larger pieces of wood and soon the fire will grow strong enough to burn wet wood if there happens to be a big rock in your camp build your fire on the sheltered side and directly against the stone which will act as a windbreak and keep the driving rain from extinguishing the fire a slightly shelving bank would also form a shelter for it a pine knot is always a good friend to the girl camper both in dry and wet weather but is especially friendly when it rains and everything is dripping wet you will find pine knots in wooded sections where pine trees grow or if you are located near water where there are no trees look for pine knots in driftwood washed ashore when secured cut thin slices down part way all around the elongated knot and circle it with many layers of shavings until the knot somewhat resembles a toy tree the inside will be absolutely dry and this branching knot will prove reliable and start your fire without fail birch bark will start a fire even when the bark is damp and it is one of the best things you can have as a starter for an outdoor rainy day fire take your cue from the forest guides and while in the woods always carry some dry birch bark in your pocket for a fire in case of rain camp fireplace one way to make the outdoor fireplace is to lay two green logs side by side on the ground in a narrow v-shape but open at both ends only a few inches at one end a foot or more at the other the fire is built between the logs and the frying pan and pail of water resting on both logs bridge across the fire should the widest space between the logs be needed place two slender green logs at right angles across the v-logs and have these short top cross logs near enough together to hold the frying pan set on them see figure twenty six when there are no green logs build the fireplace with three rectangular sides of stone open front and make the fire in the center the pots and pans rest across the fire on the stones if neither stones nor logs are available dig a circle of fresh earth as a safeguard and have the fire in its center here you will need two strong fork-topped stakes driven down into the ground directly opposite each other one on each side of the circle rest the end of a stout green stick in the forked tops of the stakes and use it to hang pots and pails from when cooking a fire can also be safeguarded with a circle of stones placed close together another method of outdoor cooking may be seen on page eighty one where leaning stakes are used from which to hang cooking utensils over the fire one more caution about possibilities of causing forest fire terrible widespread fires have resulted from what was supposed to be an extinguished outdoor fire do not trust it but when you are sure the campfire is out pour one more water over the fire and all around the unburned edge of the surrounding ground then throw on fresh dirt until the fire space is covered be always on the safe side tack up on a tree in the camp where all must see it a copy of the state laws regarding forest fires as shown in photograph frontispiece 
on forest lands much of the ground is deep with tangled rootlets and fibers mixed in with the mold and a fire may be smoldering down underneath where you cannot see it have a care the permanent camp fireplace built to do service for several seasons is usually a big heavy green logs stone and earth the logs about three and one-half feet long are built log cabin fashion some twenty-eight inches high with all crevices filled in and firmly padded with earth and stones big stones are anchored securely along the top of the earth-covered log sides and back of the fireplace raising these higher than the front the space inside the walled fireplace is very nearly filled up with earth and the fire is built on this earth surfaces of logs which may have been left exposed where the fire is to be made are safeguarded with earth see figure twenty seven such a fireplace is big substantial firm and lasting many of them may be seen in the adirondacks they usually face the camp shelter but are located a safe distance fully two yards from it fires built in these are generally used as social cheer fires but you can have the cheer fire even though the substantial fireplace be non-est if in the evening you pile more wood on the cook fire making it large enough for all to gather around and have a good time telling stories laughing talking and singing an excellent rule in camp is to have always on hand plenty of firewood replenish the reserve stock every day as inroads are made upon it and have some sort of a shelter or covering where the wood will be kept dry and ready for immediate use camp cooking provisions in the woods one is generally hungry except immediately after a good meal and provisions and cooking are of vital interest to the camper the list of essentials is not very long and when the camp is a permanent one non-essentials may be added to the larder with advantage bread of some kind will be part of every meal and a few loaves freshly baked can be taken to camp to start with while you're getting settled the quickest bread to cook is the delectable flapjack and it is quite exciting to toss it in the air see it turn over and catch it again if you can flapjacks mix dry flour baking powder and salt together one good teaspoon of royal baking powder to every two cups of flour and one level teaspoon of salt to one quart which is four cups of flour to make the batter beat one egg and add one and a half cups of milk or one cup of milk and one half cup of water unsweetened condensed milk diluted according to directions on can may be used carefully and gradually stir in enough of the flour you have prepared to make a creamy batter be sure it is smooth and without lumps and then stir in one heaping teaspoon of sugar better still molasses to make the cakes brown grease the frying pan with a piece of fat pork or bacon have the pan hot and with a large spoon or a cup ladle out the batter into the pan forming three small cakes to be turned by a knife or one larger cake to be turned by tossing use the knife to lift the edges of the cake as they cook and when you see them a golden brown turn quickly or if the cake is large loosen it then lift the pan and quickly toss the cake up into the air in such a way that it will turn over and land safely brown side up on the pan unless you are skilled in tossing flapjacks don't risk wasting the cake by having it fall on the ground or in the fire but confine your efforts to the small knife turning cakes serve them piping hot and if there are no plates each camper can deftly and quickly roll her flapjack into cylinder form of many layers 
and daintily and comfortably eat it while holding the roll between forefinger and thumb. Keep the frying pan well greased while cooking the cakes, rubbing the pan with grease each time before pouring in fresh batter. Flapjacks are good with butter, delicious with creamy maple sugar, soft enough to spread smoothly over the butter. The sugar comes in cans. Ordinary maple syrup can be used, but it is apt to drip over the edges if the cake is held in the hand. Well-cooked cold rice mixed with the batter will give a delicate griddle cake and make a change from the regular flapjack. Biscuits Biscuits are more easily made than raised bread and so are used largely in its place while in camp. The proportions of flour and baking powder are the same as for flapjacks. To four cups of flour, mix two teaspoons of royal baking powder and one level teaspoon of salt. Add shortening about the size of an egg, either lard or drippings. Divide the shortening into small bits and using the tips of your fingers, rub it well into the dry flour just prepared. Then gradually stir in cold water to make a soft dough. Barely stiff enough to be rolled out three quarter inch thick on breadboard, clean flat stone, or large, smooth piece of flattened bark. Whichever is used must be well floured, as must also the rolling pin and biscuit cutter. A clean glass bottle or smooth round stick may be used as a rolling pin, and the cutter can be the baking powder can, or the biscuits may be cut square, or four inches long and two inches wide with a knife. The dough may also be shaped into a loaf, three-quarter inch thick and baked in a pan by planting the pan in a bed of hot coals covering it with another pan or some substitute and placing a deep layer of hot coals all over the cover the biscuits should bake in about fifteen minutes for a hurry meal each camper can take a strip of dough wind it spirally around a peeled thick stick which has first been heated and cook her own spiral biscuit by holding it over the fire and constantly turning the stick Biscuits, in common with everything cooked over a hot wood fire, need constant watching that they may not burn. Test them with a clean splinter of wood. Thrust it into the biscuit, and if no dough clings to the wood, the biscuits are done. Johnny Cakes Served hot, split open, and buttered, these Kentucky Johnny Cakes with a cup of good coffee make a fine, hearty breakfast, very satisfying and good. Allow one half cup of cornmeal for each person and to every four cups of meal add one teaspoon of salt mix well then pour water which is boiling hard gradually into the meal stirring constantly to avoid having any lumps when the consistency is like soft mush have ready a frying pan almost full of hot drippings or lard dip your hands into cold water to enable you to handle the hot dough and taking up enough cornmeal dough to make a large sized biscuit Pat it in your hands into a three-quarter inch thick cake and gently drop it into the hot fat. Immediately make another cake, drop it into the fat, and continue until the frying pan is full. As soon as one johnny cake browns on the lower side, turn it over. Remove each cake from the fat as soon as it's done and serve as they cook. Cornmeal must be thoroughly scalded with boiling water when making any kind of cornbread in order to have the bread soft and not dry and chafy. For baked cornbread, add two full teaspoons of baking powder and stir in two eggs. After four cups of meal and one teaspoon of salt have been thoroughly scalded and allowed to cool a little, pour this cornmeal dough into a pan which has been generously greased and bake. 
Cornmeal needs a hot oven and takes longer to bake than wheat flour biscuits. Cornmeal mush. Cornmeal mush does not absolutely require fresh cream or milk when served. It is good eaten with butter and very nourishing. Many like it with maple syrup or common molasses. Time is required to make well-cooked mush. At least one hour will be necessary. To two quarts of boiling, bubbling water, add one teaspoon of salt, and very slowly, little by little, add two cups of cornmeal, stirring constantly and not allowing the water to cease boiling. Do not stop stirring until the mush has cooked about ten minutes. It may then be placed higher up from the fire, where it will not scorch, and boiling water added from time to time is needed to keep the mush of right consistency. The cold mush may be made into a tempting dish if sliced one half inch thick and fried brown in pork fat. Many cold cooked cereals can be treated in the same way. Sprinkled with flour, these will brown better. Kentucky Bread Kentucky bread is made of flour, salt, and water. It is generally known as beaten biscuit. Mix two scant teaspoons of salt with one quart of flour. Add enough cold water to make a stiff, smooth dough and knead, pull, and pound the dough until it blisters. The longer it is worked and beaten, the better. Roll out very thin, cut round or into squares, and bake. These biscuits may be quickly made and are simple and wholesome. Cocoa Good cocoa may be made by substituting cold milk and cold water for hot. Follow directions on the can as to proportion and add the cold liquids after the cocoa is mixed into a smooth paste, then boil. Either unsweetened condensed milk or milk powder can take the place of fresh milk. Coffee For every camper, allow one tablespoon of ground coffee, then one extra spoonful for the pot. Put the dry coffee into the coffee pot, and to settle it, add a crumbled eggshell, then pour in a little cold water and stir all together. When there are no eggshells, use merely cold water. Add one cupful of cold water for each camper, and two for the pot. Set the coffee pot over the fire and let it boil for a few moments. Take it from the fire and pour into the spout a little cold water, then place the coffee where it will keep hot. Not cook, but settle. Tea. Allow one scant teaspoon of tea for each person. Scald the teapot, measure the tea into the pot, and pour in as many cups of boiling water as there are spoonfuls of tea, adding an extra cupful for the pot. Never let tea boil. Boiled Potatoes Wash potatoes, cut out any blemish, and put them on to cook in cold water over the fire. They are much better boiled while wearing their jackets. Allow from one-half to three-quarters of an hour for boiling. Test them with a sliver of wood that will pierce through the center when the potato is done. When cooked, pour off the boiling water, set off the fire to one side where they will keep hot, and raise one edge of the lid to allow the steam to escape. Serve while very hot. Baked Potatoes Wrap each potato in wet leaves and place them all on hot ash that lie over hot coals. Pour more hot ash on top of the potatoes, and over the ashes, place a deep bed of red-hot coals. It will require about 40 minutes or more for potatoes to bake. Take one out when you think they should be done. 
if soft enough to yield to the pressure when squeezed between thumb and finger the potato is cooked choose potatoes as near of a size as possible then all will be baked to a turn at the same time bean soup and baked beans look over one quart of dried beans take out all bits of foreign matter and injured beans then wash the beans in several waters and put them to soak overnight in fresh water next morning scald one and a half pound salt pork scrape it well rinse and with one teaspoon of dried onion or half of a fresh one put one to boil with the beans in cold water cook slowly for several hours when the water boils low add more boiling water and boil until beans are soft to make soup dip out a heaping cupful of the boiled beans mash them to a paste then pour the liquid from the boiled beans over the paste and stir until well mixed if too thin add more beans if too thick add hot water until of the right consistency place the soup over the fire to reheat and serve very hot to bake beans remove the pork from the drained partially cooked beans score it across the top and replace it in the pot in midst of and extending a trifle above the surface of the beans add one cup of hot water and securely cover the top of the pot with a lid or some substitute sink the pot well into the glowing coals and shovel hot coals over all add more hot water from time to time if necessary beans cooked in a bean hole rival those baked in other ways dig the hole about one and a half feet deep and wide build a fire in it and keep it burning briskly for hours the oven hole must be hot when the beans are ready rake the fire out of the hole then sink the pot down into the hole and cover well with hot coals and ashes placing them all over the sides and top of the pot over these shovel a thick layer of earth protecting the top with grass sod or thick blanket of leaves and bark that rain may not penetrate to the oven let the beans bake all night bacon sliced bacon freshly cut is best do not bring it to camp in jars or cans but cut it as needed each girl may have the fun of cooking her own bacon cut long slender sticks with pronged ends sharpen the prongs and they will hold the bacon or use sticks with split ends and wedge in the bacon between the two sides of the split then toast it over the fire other small pieces of meat can be cooked in the same way bacon boiled with greens gives the vegetable a fine flavor as it also does string beans when cooked with them it may however be boiled alone for dinner and is good fried for breakfast game birds game birds can be baked in the embers have ready a bed of red-hot coals covered with a thin layer of ashes and after drawing the bird dip it in water to wet the feathers then place it on the ash-covered red coals cover the bird with more ashes and heap on quantities of red coals if the bird is small it should be baked in about one half hour when done strip off the skin carrying feathers with it and the bird will be clean and appetizing birds can also be roasted in the bean pot hole but in this way they must first be picked drawn and rinsed clean then cut into good-sized pieces and placed in the pot with fat pork size of an egg for seasoning after pouring in enough water to cover the meat fasten the pot lid on securely and bury the pot in the glowing hot hole under a heap of red-hot coals cover with earth the same as when baking beans 
Fish. Fish cooked in the embers is very good and you need not first remove scales or fins, but clean the fish, season it with salt and pepper, wrap it in fresh, wet, green leaves or wet blank paper, not printed paper, and bury in the coals the same as a bird. When done, the skin, scales, and fins can all be pulled off together, leaving the delicious hot fish ready to serve. To boil a fish, first scale and clean it, then cut off head and tail. If you have a piece of new cheesecloth to wrap the fish in, it can be stuffed with dressing made of dry crumbs, of bread or biscuits well seasoned with butter, or bits of pork, pepper, and a very small piece of onion. The cloth covering must be wrapped around and tied with white string. When the fish is ready, put it into boiling water to which has been added one tablespoon of vinegar and a little salt. The vinegar tends to keep the meat firm, and the dressing makes the fish more of a dinner dish. Both, however, can be omitted. Allow about 20 minutes for boiling a three-pound fish. The sooner a fish is cooked after being caught, the better. To scale a fish, Lay it on a flat stone or log, hold it by the head, and with a knife scrape off the scales. Scale each side, and with a quick stroke cut off the head and lower fins. The back fin must have incisions on each side in order to remove it. Trout are merely scraped and cleaned by drawing out the inside with head and gills. Do this by forcing your hand in and grasping tight hold of the gullet. To clean most fish it is necessary to slit open the underside, take out the inside, wash the fish, and wipe it dry with a clean cloth. If the camping party is fond of fish, and fish frequently forms part of a meal, have a special clean cloth to use exclusively for drying the fish. Provisions for one person for two weeks, to be multiplied by number of campers and length of time if stay is over two weeks. Essential Foods Outdoor life seems to require certain kinds of foods. These we will call essentials. Others, in addition to them, are in the nature of luxuries, or non-essentials. List Essentials Wheat flour, 6 pounds Corn meal, 2.5 pounds Baking powder, 1.5 pound Coffee, 1.5 pound Tea, 1.8 pound Cocoa one half pound, pork, one pound, bacon, two and one half pounds, salt, one half pound, pepper, one ounce, sugar, three pounds, butter, one and one half pound, milk dried, one half pound, lard, three quarter pound, egg powder, one pound, fruit dried, one pound, potatoes dried, one and one half pounds, beans, one and one half pounds, maple syrup, one pint, vinegar, one quarter pint. List for non-essentials: rice, two and one half pounds, lemons, one half dozen, herbs worst, one quarter pound, soup tablets, one quarter pound, baker's chocolate, slightly sweetened, one half pound. Maple sugar, one half pound. Ham, five pounds. Nuts, two pounds. Marmalade, one half jar. Preserves, one can. Citric acid, one eighth pound. 
onions dried, one ounce, cheese, one pound, potatoes fresh, fourteen, codfish, one pound, vegetables dried, one half pound. Sanitation. Campfires and camp sanitation. Keep your camp scrupulously clean. Do not litter up the place. Your health and happiness greatly depend upon observing the laws of hygiene. Make sure, after each meal, that all kitchen refuse is collected and deposited in the big garbage hole, previously dug for that purpose, and well covered with a layer of fresh earth. Impress upon your mind that fresh earth is a disinfectant and keeps down all odors. Erect a framework with partially open side entrance for a retiring room. Use six strong forked-topped poles planted in an irregular square as uprights, see figure 28, and across these lay slender poles, fitting the ends well into the forked tops of the uprights, see figure 28. Halfway down from the top, place more cross poles, resting them on the crotches left on the uprights. Have these last cross poles as nearly the same distance from the ground as possible, and over them hang thick branches, hooking the branches on by the stubs on their heavy ends. Also hang thickly foliaged branches on the top cross poles, using the stubs where smaller branches have been lopped off as hooks, as on the lower row, see figure 29. Then peg down the bottom ends of the hanging branches to the ground with sharpened two-pronged crotches cut from the branches. The upper row of branches should overlap the under row one foot or more. Make the seat by driving three stout stakes firmly into the ground, two at the back, one in the front, and on these nail three cross pieces. Never throw dishwasher or any refuse near your tent or on the campgrounds. Burn or bury all trash, remembering that earth and fire are your good servants, and with their assistance you can have perfect camp cleanliness, which will go a long way towards keeping away a variety of troublesome flies and make camp attractive and wholesome. Camp Spirit Thoughtfulness for others, kindliness, the willingness to do your share of the work and more, too, the habit of making light of all discomforts, cheerfulness under all circumstances, and the determination never to sulk, imagine you are slighted, or find fault with people, conditions, or things, to radiate goodwill, take things as they come, and enjoy them, and do your full share of entertainment and fun-making. This is the true camp spirit. End of chapter 4, Camping Part 2 Recording by Mickey Lee Rich